Hey guys, welcome to our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you're here. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about Jesus loving God and serving each other. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com and find us on Facebook at Clemson Foothills Church. At CFC, we're just a group of people following Jesus and helping others do the same. So hopefully this podcast will be useful to you. Now let's dive into the episode for this week. It is when you read it. I mean, because the truth. I mean, here's the thing: is it's, it's we 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 do a pretty good job of coming together and we read the Bible and we all just kind of go, yeah, 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 that's normal. But there's a lot of, of what we just read there that's kind of weird. And we've been talking a lot about uh, being hurried and life just moving at a very fast pace. Like every single one of us, that's kind of how life is. And the problem, there are many problems with a fast-paced life, but we can just kind of cruise on through um, very, um, just for lack of a better term, just kind of weird, why is this in here? Um, And so hopefully we're going to slow down. There's no way. And I I hope we all remember this every week. There is no way to take a section of Scripture and completely like scrape the bottom of the bowl out with everything there is, okay? I mean, um, so again, our, our goal and my goal hopefully is that you take this away and you meditate and you apply um, and you pray as we read through this here. There's Roy, Royce ahead of me, man. There's the, there's the slide. There's the slide. And... Uh, but hopefully we are keeping in mind we are on a journey, every one of us. We're, we're on a journey, and there's something that we, it's so important to keep in mind, is um, God has never stopped trying to, like, bring us in, okay? There's never been a day, there's never been a moment when, when we were lost. He didn't stop, right? There, there were people thrown into our lives that we had no idea what they were even doing, Okay, God, God is relentless um, about his children. And so on that journey, that's what's so powerful about it, because, you know, we've all lived lives in a way that we go, what, how do we deserve? How do we deserve God relentlessly coming after me? I mean, I'm, I've been his enemy for so many years, and, and he's going to come, and he's going to wash my sins away, and he's going to give me his Holy Spirit, and he's going to make me one of his children, and he's going to allow me into his kingdom. I mean, that's a, that's a, a huge deal. And, but we're on this journey, and then even afterwards, after he said, hey, come here, come be my child, and we've responded to that, and we've had our sins washed away, and we've been baptized, and, and we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, it's not over, because he's saying, listen, there's more to it. This life that we've chosen is the greatest choice, okay? Now that just sounds, well, of course he's going to say that. He's up in front of a church and you're supposed to say those things, okay? But this is what's so important about us. If you're a disciple, is we are living a life um, that is daring and exciting and challenging. It should be anything but boring. It should be anything but just mundane. It should be anything because we are on this journey and God said, hey, this Holy Spirit that I put inside of you, he's going to transform us. 
right? So, so here's the crazy thing. Um, when, when Aiden was baptized and the Holy Spirit went and l- started living inside of him, the Holy Spirit's work began transforming what no human can transform. There's no amount of great work Aiden can do. There's no nothing that could, could like initiate that. It's God's gracious gift of his Holy Spirit transforming. And again, not our behavior. Okay, have you ever thought about that in church a lot of times? You know, sometimes we're happy if people just change their behavior. And then you show up in church and, and be nice at church. Okay, and then try to do some behavioral changes. And then we all kind of sing kumbaya and think we're okay, except Jesus is like, no, 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 there's something more. There's this journey of maturity. There's this journey of transformation. And it's not just random transformation. It's a transformation uh, into the very likeness of Jesus Christ. That's what's amazing, all right? So when you think of Jesus and you're like, okay, well, how did he love? We can't even imagine his ability to look and extend grace and to love the unlovable and to love enemies and to reach out to the poor and to reach out to the untouchable of the communities, right? And the Holy Spirit's going, that's exactly what I'm making you into. So your opinions, your thoughts, all of these things that are making us up on the inside, that's the Holy Spirit is transforming us and we do have a choice. We can get in his way. Okay, in this journey, me and you can get in the Holy Spirit's way. All right, talks about uh, quenching the Holy Spirit, putting out the Spirit's fire. We can be stubborn and decide, no, I'm doing it my way, and just get in the way, and we get stuck, and then we see no growth, no maturity, no transformation. And here's what's scary about that, and this is something I've experienced over years, okay, is when there isn't like transformative maturity from the inside. Okay, you know what we're forced to do? Is we're forced to just whitewash the outside. Like everyone better see, because what would they say if they knew I wasn't growing, if I knew I wasn't changed? What would they say? So I better make the outside look good and spiritual and Christian. And that's agonizing. That is absolutely agonizing. And so hopefully we're all helping each other, all right, because we're all going to, Like, we're going to get into a rut at some point where that's going to be the temptation. Let me make myself look a certain way. And that's not what Jesus is talking about on this journey, okay? So hopefully this is something that we've had the courage in our own time, in our own secret, quiet place with Jesus every day to pray this prayer. Is this prayer of Jesus search Every single bit of me. And, and is there anything false? Is there anything hypocritical? Is there anything unpleasing? Is there anything I'm missing? Uh, because believe it or not, me and you, we, we have pretty significant blind spots in our own character. I know we all think we know everything, but we really don't. We have these blind spots, and, and what a better way to start than and, and say, listen, Jesus, search me out and let it bubble to the surface, okay? And I would encourage you, if you're praying this, get your notebook out each day and, and start paying attention to what's bubbling to the surface because it happens, and it's great, 
and it's encouraging. Um, but also praying, God, send someone, send me somebody filled with the Holy Spirit who can also walk with me, who can also, if there's a message that needs to be told to me, send that person to me. All right? Strip away any kind of facade. Anything propping myself up. So if it's your social media account, if it's how you look, if it's your, you know, whatever it is that's propping you up, it's just, just get rid of all of that so all I can depend on is God. And then we want to pray that God shows us the futility of the world. Because we're all a part of this cosmic, like, joke that Satan is playing on all of us. And as we've talked about before, it's really fascinating how we fall for this, right? Just, from terms, just in terms of materialism, right? And we use the iPhone and we use technology um, is in this manner of a company getting us to believe that if we don't have the product, we are lacking something. Every one of us has felt this in this way, okay? It's, man, but I got to have that. But what's going to happen if it's, you know, and all these things. And then that same company, that told us, if you have this product, it will fulfill you. And then you buy the product, and we buy the product, and they say, oh, no, 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 that one won't fulfill you. The next new one will. Okay? That is a, there are people in, listen, there, there are evil forces laughing at us. Oh, man, they don't ever learn. They, it's the same thing over and over again, right? And so this is the prayer of God. Just show us how futile the world is and materialism and consumerism and all these things, right? Um, so I hope, again, in our quietest times that we are able to pray this bold prayer each day uh, because, again, a lot of what we're talking about in our journey is taking place in places we don't see inside of us. Up until this point, because we're going to make a little bit of a transition today, okay? Up until this point, we've talked about this journey we're on and this journey to maturity. We've really been talking about a few practices that cultivate our heart, okay? Because here's the one thing we can't do, is we cannot, like, d like just tell God, this is the fruit you're going you're gonna to grow inside of me and try really, really hard to produce something good. We, we don't have that control. We don't have just deciding that we're going to go ahead and do some things. But just like a farmer, okay, here's the deal. When a farmer sows the seed out, he doesn't have control over, like, making that seed, like, sprout. And then you can't go out, right, to the orchard and just squeeze the limbs hard enough for apples to come out. You can't do it. Right? That's nature taking place. That's, it's producing its fruit. But we do have the opportunity to cultivate the soil. We do have the ability to remove thorns and vines and making sure that we're getting nourishment and all of these things. And so we've been talking about cultivating the heart through these areas. And you can go back and listen to those. We've been talking. I really would, if you've missed that, I'd encourage you to go back and talk or uh, listen to these lessons uh, because we're building on this, okay? So we're moving away from this, um, this concept of transformation, this transformation into the likeness of Jesus. We've talked a lot about what it is with us as individuals. And then a few weeks ago, we opened Romans 12, and he tells us, by, by the mercy of God, right? Um, is, well, let me just go ahead and read it right here. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, in verse 1, 
offer your bodies as living sacrifices. And one of the things we learned was he wasn't talking about us as individuals. He was talking about us as a community. He says, therefore, I urge you, I urge all of us. That's what we should be hearing, all right? Um, offer yourself as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. And, and one of the things we spoke of a couple weeks is, can I convince you that worship is laying down our lives as a community and living this out every single day, okay? That is worship. And in a, in a strange way, okay, there's, there's weird pushback because you're like, no, man, I like, well, I like worship time in the service. And we consider worship as music and emotion and all of these things. But that's made up by us. That wasn't made up by Jesus. And that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with music. There's nothing wrong with emotion. There's nothing wrong with any of those things. But we do have to call things what Jesus did and what Paul did. And when he said that we need to be worshipers, our worship is together, all right, living at, offering ourselves as living sacrifices, okay? That is worship, okay? And so we read that. We see that this is this community kind of transformation. He says, don't conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and you'll be able to know and test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we're, we're making this transition into transformation amongst a community. And quite honestly, this may be one of the most difficult areas of our, like the world we live in today, which is like, <laughs> there, there's really no desire to make a commitment to a group. It's like, no, I want to like piece it together. I don't want to like, you know, we've talked about before, one of the things that's always curious to me is, um, is how, you know, you may ask, you know, uh, maybe, maybe as a church, we'll go, hey, you know, you notice up there, worship in the wilderness, the dates are up, by the way, okay, October 7th through 9th, and, and, and here's what will happen, though, is there's some of you going, I'm going to wait until October 5th in case something better comes along. I guarantee you that's going to happen. And go, but how long have you told us, Keith, that it's been up? Okay, it's, well, since March 13th. Really, March 6th, we put it up there. Does that sound like a healthy family? Does it sound like a healthy, could you imagine if your family was like, hey, we want you to come over for dinner? We're going to have a really neat dinner on, on April the 4th? Well, I don't want to commit to that, because if there's something better, I, I may want to go to that. But that's exactly what we do. That, that's, that's the norm these days, right? And so we're digging into this transformation through community. We're here in Romans 12, 3, all the way to this whole section. And I want to highlight just three areas that Paul is going to hit on that I think are, are uh, boy, it's tough not to be challenging. He's going to hit on our pride, our independence, and our apathy. Those are going to be three areas he's going to scratch at today with us, all right? And um, it's well, we'll see here, right? Verse 3. He says, for, the, for, the, for by the grace given to me. Okay, this is, this is Paul. He says, this is for the grace given to me. All right, this is, this is somebody he truly understands. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Timothy 1. He discusses this grace that God lavished on him that he didn't deserve to be an apostle. But that 
this mercy and this grace. And so he's saying, hey, Paul is saying, I'm not saying this because I'm a know-it-all. I'm not saying this because I'm, I'm worthy of some great praise or anything, but I've been given grace, and I'm telling um, everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Okay. So as a church, we all have, like, we heard that and we can move on, right? I would imagine, like, if we were to break up into small groups and begin discuss, discussing this, many of us would have lots of commentary on this. Like, lots to say. Yeah, you, you shouldn't. Don't think of ourselves more highly than we ought to. But again, the pace, the rapid pace of our culture, okay, it, we're required to stop. And go, hold on a minute. Why did Paul have to write this? He had to write this because he's saying, hey, listen, don't be conformed anymore. Come together. You'll know the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Right? He's telling him this, and he's saying, but here's the deal. When all of that happens, don't think more highly of yourselves. That can end up happening in Christianity. It's like, no, 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 we've got to figure it out. We begin thinking more highly of ourselves. Instead, he says, think sensibly, or the word is sober-minded, as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. So we, we do need to stop here for a second, okay? If, if we don't get past anything but this today, that will be okay. It's so vitally important. Every aspect, everything I'm reading, everything that talks about following the Holy Spirit, walking in the Spirit, being matured into the likeness of Christ, comes down to this very important root of humility. And unfortunately, humility, it's, it's, it's kind of a strange word. I don't know how many of us have spent tons of time thinking about it. I think it can kind of be a, a church joke about like being prideful. Except the interesting thing is, is there aren't many things God says he opposes us in. But he says if we're prideful, he will oppose us. So let's take a, a little bit of a look here. What are some marks of pride, okay? Um, here's the thing. Anybody here easily offended? You're like, I ain't answering. <laughs> you've, you've, listen, I already know the trick, Keith. You can't trick me into this, okay? But here's the truth. I, I'm going to take silence as yes, okay? Easily offended. Like, I can't believe that person said that to me. Can I? Okay, let me tell you. Okay, real life, okay? It's so uh, me and Abby went out to dinner, a little birthday dinner on Friday, and we went, this is the first time I've ever been to Bill and Pixie's. Okay, Pixie and Bills, right? Okay, what do I know? Okay, I'm so offended that you just you confronted me with that. Okay, so yeah, Bill and Pixies, Pixies and Bills, whatever it is. Okay, the parking lot has like three spaces. Okay, and I'm driving in, and this guy, and I'm not even gonna say what I was thinking because he could be watching right now. Okay. But he kind of just zips in here and, like, cuts me off. And then I come around to get a space, and then he just jumps right in the space ahead of him. And, and in my mind, I'm like, dude, who do you think you are? <laughs> okay? I, I was seriously like, I'm stopping my car, and I'm going to get out. <laughs> right? I'm going to be like, really? Do you, who do you think you are, man? Okay? And, and that was legitimately going on in my head. 
All right? Now, now here's the crazy thing is, um, like, take a step back, right? Do you hear, like, this immense amount of just, like, pride and arrogance? Like, who, who are you to take that spot? Okay? This is how, like, subtle pride is. This is how subtle it is. And we can just kind of go, oh, okay, it was just one of those things. Let me move on. Except you want to know what? Like, God, search me. Like, show me what's in there. This is bubbling to the surface. Okay, I can't just brush it off. I've got to, oh, thank you. You're showing me something. Right? You're showing me something because it's so easy, it's so easy to become offended. Don't you know? Don't you know how good I am? Don't you know how smart I am? Don't you know I'm the expert at whatever? It's a mark of pride. It's a mark of pride. Argumentative. Poor listener. Constant talking. There is nothing more manipulative and like a smokescreen than we would just yap, 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 because it's this total control and it's almost always about like protecting me or an image that I'm trying to present, okay? This is a mark of pride. Jealousy. Okay, here's, here's a big one. Did you know mar- a, a mark of pride is when you're, a, when you're scared to fail. All right, there are a lot of us in here, okay? You, the worst thing you can think of is failing. And so you sit back and play it safe. You sit back and play it safe spiritually because you don't want to fail. All right? That, that simply is pride. That, that's me saying, no, 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 if I fail, what will people think of me? Okay? Fear of failure, not a team player, expert on everything. Okay? Th- this is one of those ones where take it home and just kind of go through it and, and get an idea. Like, hold on a minute. How many of those things? And, and that's a, this is a short list. It's a short list, right? But we've got to examine ourselves in these things, okay? So this is a, a great quote. Uh, C.J. Mahaney wrote a book on humility. He said, did you know that on average each of us speaks about 25,000 words a day? That's about a book, about an 80-page book, okay? Um, A lot of language is flowing out of our mouths every day and having an impact on those around us, but how much of that flow is fulfilling God's intended purpose for our speech? How much of it reflects pride rather than a gospel-motivated humility? Here's what I'm learning about pride. Here's what I'm learning about transformation is there are more times than not, I'm hearing the Holy Spirit go, Keith, it's best not to just comment on what's going on in your head right now. Like, like zip it. I, I, can, I think the Holy Spirit could say that. Okay? There, there's so many times where I feel like, oh, I have something to say about this. And the Spirit's going, Keith, zip it. <laughs> just be quiet. Okay? So here's the interesting thing. None of us, right? Remember what he's saying here. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. I think all of us would go, I think we do. Okay? I think we do. I think we can probably find the list there of different things that we, there's this pride bubbling up inside of us. But here's the crazy thing. As a community, and you're going, well, why did you say that? Why shouldn't we do this? Because there's amazing things that come with, the con- with this characteristic of humility. And one of them is this, is attentiveness to needs. 
All right. Pr pride is all about me. It's very close to selfishness. Pride is like, what are people thinking about me? What are they saying about me? And I don't want to move and I don't want to say certain things. Okay. Humility goes that that weight has got to be lifted off. And now you can be attentive to needs and needs of people that you don't know. You can be attentive to the needs of those around you. Okay. But pride is like, no, it's about us. Okay. Uh, we will truly, the mark of hum the fruit of humility is somebody walking in a way that you are unburdened as a disciple. Right? One of our favorite verses, man, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, when Jesus said, that, hey, come to me. Come to me, all who you are, who are weary. I mean, I could preach that section every single week and everybody go, man, that is so great. And at what point do we go, oh yeah, we are following Jesus. We actually should already be doing that. <laughs> okay, I mean, it, it's, it's that idea of, hold on a minute. He said that, I'm following him. So my life should be dictated by an unburdened weight, yoke. All right, this idea of being unburdened. Um, a humble person will seek first to understand. You understand what that means? <laughs> if you're humble, you would. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but, but you seek first to understand. What does that mean? Is in our relationships, rather than always like, hey, let me tell you, let me teach you, let me show you, let me do all these kind of things, is, hey, we actually become listeners and go, let me understand where you're coming from. Let me understand where you're coming from before I kind of go in there. Let me understand where you're coming from. Not comparative, a good listener, accepts input and critique. This is a, like, here's the deal, is wouldn't you love to walk into a church of disciples that this was just the norm? Just like, hey, man, this is what, and again, not because we're just trying harder, but because we take seriously what Paul was saying and Jesus has said, which is don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Because we become a different kind of people. Okay. So we're going to move on just a little bit here because he's going to hit on our own independence. Right. Is, he says, now as we have many parts in one body and all the parts don't have the same function, in the same way we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. According to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. And he goes on and he says, if your, your gift is prophecy or service or teaching, exhorting, giving, leading, showing mercy. Here, here I, want, I would like to just preface this with one thing, okay? He's not talking about things you do on Sunday. All right, that we, we can mess this up in churches where we go, oh, come and find your gift. We're going to do a find your gift seminar. So you could come and then on Sunday we can like get everybody like doing their gift. And then we walk away going, man, I'm really gifted. <laughs> Glad I got to do that, man. Sunday, I serve on Sunday. Okay, no, no, no. He's talking about seven days a week doing this, okay? We who are many are one body. So, um, he, here's, here's my hope for the future. Here's my hope for years and years to come, is that there's a narrative change in this community. I don't know about other communities, but I'm talking about this community, a college town 
right? And, and there's an, a, a narrative change because um, right now what the narrative is is the local church has no place in your life. Like, just go. But it's seen as like a building where you come and sit down and you go through some spiritual motions, all right? It, if we can change that narrative... If we can change that narrative and see that, hold on a minute, the, the local church, okay, when we're talking about this, this, com, this community of the Clemson Foothills Church, it's going, God has powerful plans for his local church, right? The local church they talk about is, is the bride of Christ, and that's added on to the larger, broader church, you know, worldwide and all those things. But I think we forget. And then what ends up happening is, is we become consumers. Like, let me go and just show up and take what's really neat and then, and then go. But hopefully we see there's a purpose to this community is it requires everyone. It requires absolutely everyone. And in fact, he says, here's the deal. Individually, we are members of one another. Okay, like, like stop, okay, that's, that, that right there, I'm not kidding you. Take that and go and talk to some people about it this week and say, hey, here at church, uh, Keith, he, said, he read this. They would go, you better watch out, that's a cult. <laughs> you better watch out because, hold on a minute, what do you mean members of one another? I mean exactly what it says, is that we are just like a body interwoven where even though we may not see each other in a given week, we absolutely are affecting one another. We are, we are together on the mission. We're affecting that. Okay? There is so much that goes into this. And so that narrative of going, no, 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 no. I am buying completely in to this idea of, this, of, this, of small communities following Jesus. Okay? So, uh, so he, he, this is a tough thing. Because everything inside of us wants to be independent. All right? And, and here's, the, here's the, the tougher part, if you want to start at the root, if you start at the root of pride, well, well, naturally pride is going to tell you you don't need anyone else. You don't need anyone else. Okay? And then we develop communities in churches that we begin like, in fort, like, like building that up, like, oh, hey, don't forget, you don't need other people. Okay? And so now all of a sudden you have this, this pride narrative that keeps us independent, Rather than humbly coming to the word and going, hold on a minute, whatever my opinion is, right, I surrender to God's view. And when he talks about his church as the bride of Christ, when he talks about like the body of Christ being together in one body and we're members of one another, okay, that's an intensely serious topic, okay? I mean, that, that's just for me to go, okay, whatever my opinion is, I surrender. I surrender to that. Here's the other side of it, though. Our independence can even be masked in our attendance. And here's what I mean by that. Is the truth of the matter is, is, is however many are in here, okay, it, it, it is amazing to me the conversations I can have and go, hey, do you talk to so-and-so? Who's that? They've been coming for like three months in this tiny room. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 I talk to the same people every week. But we're members of one another. But we're working together to, like, reach out. We're working together as a body, and it always baffles me. 
Like, who is that person? Man, they got baptized eight months ago. Really? Okay, that shouldn't be said among us. So it's great to, to hang out with your friends and all those kind of things, but if we're all together, then we should really be getting an idea of everything from teens and college up to up. Okay? <laughs> up. <laughs> Lillian's giving me the stink eye right now. She's like, what's he going to say right now? So, you know, that's the thing, is, is are we intertwined that way? Am I having kind of like intergenerational, like, hospitality at my home? Right? Like, the young people inviting the old people over. Old people inviting the young people over. Right? Is, is getting that. We're members of one another. He's given us these things. Go, but Keith, how do I know what my gift is? You know, how do I know if, if it's prophecy or something like that? It's, it's very simple. Jesus summed it up in Matthew chapter 16. Okay. If you want to follow me, deny yourself. Take up a cross and follow me. Okay, that, that's it. We do that every single day. And you know what the Holy Spirit does? Makes it very clear. And you want to know what your gift may change depending on the circumstance in the church. Okay, you can't go, no, nah, Keith, you don't understand. I'm not going to that thing because my gift is teaching, and there's no teaching there, so I'm not going. No, no, you don't understand. It's the Holy Spirit is dynamic, <laughs> okay? But it's the idea of as we follow Jesus, we're aware, we become aware. Our community becomes aware. Like, hey, man, they are gifted in this, and not just on Sunday, right? Let's talk apathy for a second here, okay? This is a lot. <laughs> this, is, this is a ton of things, right? Is, is what am I taking home? I mean, my goodness, we have so much to pray about this week. We have so much to ask God to show us because when I look at this, I'm going, I'm overwhelmed just looking at this about what's going to be revealed in my character this week. <laughs> what, what is going to happen when we start digging into these things of pride and independence? And then you talk about apathy here, and we're down here in verse 9. And he says this, now just, uh, you know, stick with me. Love must be sincere. It's, like, it's almost like Paul, it's like he had a word count he needed to hit and just started writing stuff right now, okay? He said, love must be sincere. Hates what, hate what is evil. Cling to what's good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and don't curse. I mean, you get this. At what point are you going, dude, stop, stop for one second, please? Okay? And, and what I don't want us to do is to create this list, and you go home and go, okay, here's what I'm going to work on. Love must be sincere. I'm going to work on that today. Uh, oh, then he said this, honey, you're going to go home to your wife. Honey, uh, love must be sincere. No, hate what's evil, cling to what's good. Are oh, you been faithful in prayer? Hope, can you imagine how overwhelming that would be <laughs> in a day to go through this? All right, but, it, but there are characteristics that are coming to the surface here. And, and, and here's what's helpful um, where, he, where he says in verse 11, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Sometimes what gets left behind in following Jesus is enthusiasm. All right? Like, hey, it's great being a disciple. And I don't mean, I don't mean emotionalism. I don't mean running around like a chicken with your head cut off. Right? 
I mean, like, this is phenomenal to be a follower of Jesus, okay? What he's asking us is absolutely incredible. Like, this is the best it gets. I mean, being in the kingdom of God, and it requires some enthusiasm. He says, hey, make sure that we're enthusiastic, okay? That we're, that, that we're so passionate about what's going on here. And that spans beyond personality types, okay? Okay, that's not, there, there is, he's not even talking about personality. He, he's talking about the depth of our hearts. And everybody understands something that we're enthusiastic about, excited about, all right? And so he tells us that, and what's fascinating of this whole list is none of them really can be accomplished without some enthusiasm and being fervent and being locked in on this, like, oh, man, he's really describing a lot of things here, okay? And so, again, what is this passage meant for us to do is to take it out of here and pray through it and ask God to show us, like, where, where do I need to start? Talk to our brothers and sisters, okay? I mean, that's what we're being asked to do it isn't a list of 25 different things that we need to go begin doing, okay? But, but it does challenge our own spiritual apathy, okay? Yeah, we just read that. It, it does challenge our own spiritual apathy, all right? So how do you know? I, I, have, um, I have stolen something from my man Francis Chan, and I have changed a word, so... Um, but he, he gives a list, okay? How do you know? He talks about being lukewarm, okay? I'm going to talk about how this is very similar. How do you know that we can identify apathy, spiritual apathy? Okay, how can we do this? Because it's, it's so important uh, because we can end up keeping all of ourselves apathetic, okay? So apathetic people attend, to, attend church re- fairly regularly because it's what's expected of them, and they believe good Christians do this. Why do you go to church? Well, you're supposed to. Okay? That's it's just kind of an apathy. Now, here's what I want us to keep in mind, though, okay? This isn't like, l- let's go ahead and beat you down until you, like, flail around and submit to the Lord, okay? That, that's not it at all. But it's, it's really learning how to identify things in ourselves that are less than appealing, things that we hate, things that we don't want to be there, and, and go, okay, here's the deal. Today isn't over. There's, it's still, there's time, right? We get to, in Christ... This can be changed and transformed. So instead of like emotionally feeling like, you know, mopey or down or something like that, there may be a eureka moment. You go, that's me. That's me. Okay. Apathy, how do you know? You give money to charity, you're to charity, you give money to the church, as long as it doesn't impinge on your standard of living. Okay. So, so I have a bucket of money. And I'm going, there's all the things I want to buy and all the things I want to have and all the things that I want in my life. And then if there's stuff left over, then I'll give it. Okay? Apathy. When we're apathetic, we tend to choose what's popular over what's right. Apathetic people desire to fit both the church and outside the church into one life. They care more about what people think than what God thinks. Okay. 
Lukewarm people or apathetic people are moved by stories of people who do radical things for Christ, yet they don't act. Okay. You know, we can read all these stories, get super fired up, but what is there in Clemson? There's never been a day gone by since I've lived in Clemson that hasn't called for a radical response to Jesus. There, there just hasn't been. Okay, so there isn't this excuse of, hey, we live in like peaceful. In, in, in fact, if anything, okay, we live in a place where Satan has completely blinded the Christian community. Okay, we, we aren't safe here. Okay, it's not like, man, there's so many churches, it must be okay. No, 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 no. That means there's more people who are being fooled. Okay, so, so let's just be very real about that, okay? Um, is there's never been a day anywhere we've lived that doesn't require a radical response to Jesus. Okay. In apathy, we do whatever is necessary to keep ourselves from feeling too guilty. You ever had a small group before and you just pour your heart out and you're confessing your sin and, and somebody in the group goes, listen, don't feel guilty. You're okay. Listen, when, when I'm in a small group pouring my heart out and I'm confessing and somebody says, hey, you're okay, I'm going, no, I'm telling you because I'm not okay. Stop trying to make me think I'm Okay. Like, stop trying to make me think I'm, I'm doing fine because I'm not doing fine and I need help. Okay? But comfort and the lack of feeling guilt. And it can even be a, a way that you go and look for churches. Man, I want to go find a church that I don't feel guilty. Go, no, no, no. Man, there are these things that we get to, to learn about ourselves, right? But when we're apathetic, we want to do everything we can to not feel too guilty. There's more, but I think that's it today. Um, but I think we get the idea. It's very easy. So many of these things that we've discussed today, you know what's really crazy about it is they can happen so subtly in our lives. Like, like to be governed by pride, to be governed by myself, to be governed and, and, and to buy into this idea of independent Christianity, right? And then to, uh, to, to really fit in. I think we all know this. Like, you could fit in in Clemson, spiritually, and be totally apathetic. It's, it's possible. It's, it happens. Is that we still can fit in, and so there's this subtlety here, okay? So here's the two things. As we go out here, okay, and just discussing this last section of 12. As we go out, there's just these two questions I want us to carry with us. We introduced this a couple weeks ago. Is this idea of, of the question, what is God calling me to do with this? Okay, this is so vitally important that we take this and really pray, God, what are you calling me to do? Like, what is that? What are you calling me to do? And who will I share this with? See, that's the important thing, because if I'm in here tonight afterwards and I'm thinking, OK, God, I, I, I know what you're calling me to do. I, I can fool myself and leave here or, or maybe it's not here. Maybe it's tomorrow. I wake up. I have my prayer time. I'm going, OK, I get what God is telling me. If I don't tell someone 
and share that with somebody. You want to know what I'll do? I'll let it go by. I won't even think about it. But who will I share this with who is bold enough to ask me about it? Man, how's that going? Well, I, I didn't do it. Don't feel guilty. Right? See how that works? <laughs> right? Don't feel, no, do it. Right? Like, this is for real. But those are the two questions that I want us to leave here with. And keep in mind, as we move forward, we're going to be talking for the next four, five, six weeks about this, how in, in community we're transformed into the likeness. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to 94000 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC. 